Welcome back, heathens. Did you all miss me? I miss you. And guess who I got today? Well, before I do any spoiler alerts, welcome back to another episode of the Real Bible Talk Show of the Edmo Show. And today we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, I'm not going to be boring you guys by reading my monotone voice, um, going line by line, scripture for scripture. But today I have a special guest. And this man, he is a content creator. He is an influencer, at least to me he is. Uh, he is a writer, a musician, uh, all of the above. And he is my unofficial, now official mentor, the Miyagi to my Daniel son. He's going to be my co-pilot. He is the creator of the Zopian Den, Alfonso Rachel, everybody. All right, all right, man. Hey, thanks for having me on. I like that Miyagi to your, your Daniel son, man. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, snatch the pepper from a hand, grasshopper. Yeah, hey, where the pepper go? Yeah, so I I mean, I told everybody in 41 that I was going to have a special guest. I didn't tell them exactly who the special guest was going to be because why spoil all the treats? You know, just you get it when you get it. So, (laughs) yes, I'm I'm, I'm that one nugget in that box of chocolate, man, and this is what they got. They're like, oh man, I don't like this. Is like the chocolate with the orange cream in it. I want the chocolate with the hazelnut or the caramel or something in it like that. No, that's like when you go to Burger King and you get a, a large fry and you find that onion ring in it. (laughs) <laughs> oh man the, the the intrusive the stowaway onion ring i don't know man i eat that onion ring too oh i get happy when i see the onion ring there you go yeah <laughs> <laughs> so so today so um uh zo since you got your notorious opium den uh give my listeners a little rundown on what the zopium den is oh thanks man uh, uh the zopium den on on uh bronze serpent media my website uh is is my anti-fuddy-duddy bible study and uh, that's where we just go in. We read the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse. You know, let nobody accuse us of uh, saying, man, you Christians, you don't even read your Bible. Well, you know, not not in not our denizens, man. We uh, we try to read it. And uh, and basically, you know, we're just explaining uh, how the Bible itself uh, is not a book of morals or virtues or uh or anything like that. The Bible, the objective of the Bible is to tell you exactly who Yeshua is. This is who he is. And once you get down, once you get that down and you understand that he is the builder in you, he's always been the builder of you. That is when the morals and stuff like that makes sense. But if you don't have Jesus himself, we can assume to be moral and we can assume to be you know, righteous and virtue, all, virtuous all we want, but we have no standard to build that on. And those things go super sideways. So you got to know who Yeshua is. You got to learn who he is. And as you're learning him, that's the thing that that you have to build righteousness on. Awesome. Awesome. And, and um, like I've, I've told my listeners, like uh, I really wanted to do the Bible series uh, because, mm. like I said, I have never read the Bible cover to cover. And I've been following mm. you for a long time. Um, and I've definitely appreciated uh, a lot that you do on your platform. Um, even when you were with PJ Media, uh, that little in- injection of of holiness, <laughs> in, in, in <laughs> nice a, in, a, in a debaucherous world, but um, but definitely you you were by far one of the key players in me trying to understand and find my way back. And mm. I'd like to thank you for that. That's awesome, man, and and I thank you, man, for uh, you know for taking consideration of uh, what my efforts were trying to do. And I'm, and I'm glad that they picked up on your radar, man. Thank you for uh, including, you know, my efforts in, uh, in your walk, man. Thank you. No, no problem. No problem. So as uh, my listeners have been, I, cause I know on the Zopium Den, I think you are on what Leviticus now. Yeah, we in Leviticus. Yes. Oh, man. And it is a Lulu. <laughs> well, my listeners aren't there yet. But if you guys want to please uh, tune in and jump ahead and you want some no fuddy-duddy Bible study, you guys can uh, jump on over to the <laughs> Zopium Den. Uh, I know Zoe and I will greatly appreciate because I tune in all the time. I, you know, I listen regularly. Um, but... Since we're not at Leviticus yet, uh, we are stuck on Joseph. We just covered 40, 41, and... All types of other stuff. And one of the things that I said we were going to do a little bit differently was we have the topic of the servant's heart, which is one of the things that I took away 
from our discussion, but also from reading, uh, what was it, chapter 40 and 41. Uh, when uh, okay. J- Joseph is, uh, he's being put in prison, um, and he was also dragged back out of prison by Pharaoh to uh, uh, to decipher his dreams. But one of the things that, I, I got so many things out of that story. It, it was definitely a rags to riches story. But mm. um, uh, it was also one of those uh don't get stuck in your laurels or don't get stuck in where your current station is. Uh, Cause uh, if anyone could have complained, it would have, it should have been Joseph. Mm-hmm. Indeed, man. And, uh, and that's a lot of what we're missing, you know, today because uh, uh, you know, people are always, well, not, I don't want to speak in generalities, but there's too many people who are hung up on what they deserve uh, on what they feel entitled to. Um, and they associate service you know, with, with slavery, you know, I don't want to be a slave for the man and, you know, I'm just making a man rich and I want to go for mine and all that sort of stuff. And I want $15 an hour to flip a burger. And, you know, we, we have these people who, who think they're too, one, they're too good to serve. And two, um, like I said, there's, there's this stigma, especially in America, um, about slavery. And when, with those things in mind, it, 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 it affects and it, it, it's like it corrupts a servant's heart. Um, service, you know, if, if people really want to get there, if they want to succeed in life, it's like you got to be willing to serve other people, you know, and, and a day is going to come when you just might get that success that you want and you're going to need people to serve you. And I'm pretty sure that you're not going to want people representing your company or your brand or your enterprise with a, with a miserable attitude. You're going to want these people to uh, represent your company well. So, um, you know, it's kind of like that golden rule, you know, do unto others as, as you would want them to do unto you. So that's, that's the thing that's missing in, in, in America. And a lot of that has to do with pride. Um, and this, it's not just an American problem, it's a world problem, but just speaking as far as, as we go, you know, there's a lot of pride that goes into that and it affects us. And, um, you know, without that humility, uh, it just, it gets, it ends up getting poisoned. And, and just one more thing, Joseph has shown, it's like, look, man, um, I'm in a situation that I'm in, I'm going to rely on God. And, you know, he, he made the best of where he was. He was, and, and people came to him. It's, it's not a point of, Hey, Joseph do this. You know, it was like, they, they relied on him because they could see that they could trust him. And they saw that he had this character and he didn't butthurt about stuff. And it was like, yeah, yeah, I, I think I got what you need. And by doing that and showing what he was worth, he just, you know, he ended up becoming viceroy of Egypt, you know, because of it's like, yeah, let me see what I can hook you up with. Yeah. And I, just recalling on my life, like uh, I, I served in the in the Marines. And one of the things that um, that always stuck out to me was the 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 phrase embrace the suck. Everybody mm-hmm. is hurting. Everybody's cold. Everyone's tired. You know, especially in that scene where he's in prison with the the chief of the cupbearer and the chief of the the baker, and it, it seems like even though they feel like they're down on their luck, they are troubled by these dreams. Uh, and and Joseph has a, a, a pretty interesting reason of why he's there. Um, he 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 still extended that hand of. Well, I, I hear like uh, what did it say? Uh, why do you have a sad look on your face? And, um, and they were like, well, we're troubled by these dreams. And, and he was like, well, um, uh, well, tell me about them and and let's see what God says. And like, and I loved how he always put God in it. Even when Pharaoh was troubled by his dreams, uh, Pharaoh said, well, I heard you're an interpreter of dreams. And he's like, no, it's not me. It's God who interprets. I'm just a conduit in a, in a way. And, and it's, it's always very humble and interesting how he went from, that bratty teenager, like we, like we all were. But the one thing that I noticed that was different was when the first dream came, it was his dream. And then from then on, he's interpreting everyone else's dreams. So do you have Indeed. any, do you have any, any input about that? Um, and, and, and thank you for, uh, man, thank you for finding uh, us worth, man, defending, man, in, uh, in your service in the military, man. Thanks for you know, helping to protect our God-given republic. And, uh, and interestingly, you know, I, I do believe in, in the Marines, they do have the rank of sergeant, right? Yep, man, I got out as a sergeant. <laughs> right on, man. And sergeant itself means servant. Really? Um, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what it means. And so when people talk about serving in the military, I mean, that's that's exactly what it is. It's, it's, it's the service uh, in, in, uh, in your nation. So now with Joseph, Joseph being a picture of Christ, I mean, a stark picture of Christ. Mm-hmm. And I, rec- I believe his name means um, his name means increase. It means to multiply. Yeah, um, and indeed, that's what he 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 lived up to his name. He lived up to it because you know by what he was able to uh, ordain, they were able to multiply. When this fam- when this famine came in, you know they had um, recourse for it because of, of what he did. And Joseph, just like Jesus, says, "Hey, I give you this word from my Father, right? I give you this word from God." And Jesus, is like, I give you this word from my Father. I do the will of my Father who sent me. And uh, Joseph is going to uh, interpret these things uh, for them. And, you know, some people will try to say that just like you're talking about, there's this uh, embrace to suck. Right. And and for what Joseph did, if we jump ahead, we could see that, um, you know, there was kind of like this communal effort. Right. Now, people will use things like this to see, well, see, that's why we should embrace socialism. That's why we should embrace communism and things like that. Look at what Joseph did because of this. It's like, yeah, hold on wait a minute, Joseph did this in an emergency situation. Mm-hmm. That is why the government was able to basically buy up industry and stuff like that. This is not a normal thing. This was an emergency situation. Is that how y'all want to live? Y'all always want to live in a state of emergency? <laughs> it's like, no, the government's not supposed to do these things. This was an emergency effort. So anyway, with, with Joseph interpreting their genes, says, yeah, lay it on me, man. Let me, let's see what God has to say about it. And just like we were talking about earlier, that's what it comes down to. Make sure that God has the word in it. Your interpretation is going to be based on the word of God. Your decision making, your morals, uh, your judgments about things. Just like Adam in uh, in the garden. Hey, Adam, why didn't you say something, man? Why didn't you call on God for backup when when the snake was pushing up on your wife, man? Why didn't Why didn't you step up like the husband you're supposed to be and say, Hey, Lord, what am I supposed to do about this? And Joseph makes sure that he maintains that same thing, just like Jesus maintains that same thing. This is what God has to say about it. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I really and, I, and I'm so glad that you touched on uh, the meaning of his name, of Joseph's name, and, uh, because. I, in in this journey, uh, especially reading, um, as I tell my listeners, I'm reading the TLV version, the the uh, the Messianic uh, Jewish Tree of family, life. yeah, the Tree of Life version. Uh, nice. And and reading uh, just about it before I purchased it, it was a lot of research and experts that went into it. They're not just doing, all right, we're going to grab the King James and we're going to see if we can update it. No, we're going to go back to what it actually says, and we're going to. Do a one-to-one or a two-for-one comparison. If it's written in Greek, okay, we'll translate it from Greek. But if it's in Hebrew, we're going to translate it from Hebrew as closely as we can to English. And the one thing that I really appreciate so far that I'm finding in Genesis is names have meaning. And mm-hmm. it's it's amazing how the meanings of the names or the meanings of the words play out in the – I don't want to say story, but play out in – in, in in actuality, in in yes. the scenario, like their names have a purpose. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and as we'll see, uh, you know, with Joseph and like I said, man, the, the pictures of Christ that 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 come out of uh, the Joseph story are are amazing. Just as him being uh, starting, you know, just I'll, I'll try to not rabbit trail too much here, but you know, I, th- this is just amazing. It blows my mind, so I, I end up rambling about it. <laughs> Ramble away, you know, Joseph. You know, being the uh, the kid, I know he seemed like he seems like this bratty kid, but it's almost like he's almost so honest to a fault, right? He's just an honest kid. He just says, "Hey, this is what happened to me today," and it's almost like when you look at what he says, there's no other way to say it. You know, it's almost no matter how he says it, it's gonna make maybe come off snotty or arrogant, but it's like he's not, mm-hmm. and it's like the same thing with Christ. He just, hey man, this is the truth. I'm gonna tell you what it is, and. And they were they socked him in the jaw and says, how dare you be so arrogant, you know, when speaking to the high priest and God's and Jesus like, man, don't you realize that you just socked the high, the real high priest in the jaw? But, you know, but his name, though, ends up becoming speaking of, of meaning, his name ends up becoming Zephaneth Panea. Here's a stark picture of Christ. Zephaneth Panea means the bread. Mm-hmm. Yeshua is the bread. And not only does Zephaneth Panea mean the bread, it means savior of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeshua is the savior of the world. 
everybody was coming from all over the world because of because Pharaoh was telling them, hey, you need to go see Zephaniah. You need the whole world came to him for the bread. That's what they were trying to get. They were trying to get that grain. And that's what the whole world needs to do now. You need to come to the Lord. You need to come to get that bread. So in all those things, man, the wine, come on, man. Mm-hmm. The wine, it's like, man, the wine, the salvational wine mm-hmm. for the cup bearer. Yeah, put that in my palm, man. The bread, the bread bearer, the baker was, and, and what did Jesus say? Yo, this is my body. Break it up. This is my body that I'm giving to you. And his body was destroyed. So it's like all these things, they just point to Jesus all day. Mm-hmm. And I, now I may be speculating because <laughs> mm-hmm. sure. um, as I'm, I'm brutally honest with, with, my, uh, with my listeners about my history uh, with Christianity or my history with the Bible and stuff. And, I, and, I, and I'm perfectly open and honest with the fact that I may not know everything. I may interpret things wrong. But mm-hmm. I... One thing that I notice about the Bible is that it's layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. And I'm and when you said um, when you talked about uh, Zephaneth Panea, I think uh, mm-hmm. I'm probably butchering <laughs> the name because I don't have it in front of me. But um, how it means bread. But the fact that Pharaoh told the world to go to him, in my mm-hmm. mind, it 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 kind of foreshadows to me as a like if this is a movie. This is like a what did Deadpool say? A fourth wall break. It's like okay, okay. If, if if the if the world sees Pharaoh as God, as a living God, and God is telling the people because obviously these people don't believe in the same God of the Hebrews, the God of Israel and stuff. If God is telling you to go to this person for your own salvation, to me that is a foreshadow, like a loose foreshadow, or at least. God playing, you know, playing with the playing with the um, with the optics of things, like foreshadowing mm. what's to come. A- am, am I am I going too far on that one? Heck no, man! You 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 in the cut right there, man. That's that's what it's about. This is a picture of uh, you know, you, the uh, the the mountain of transfiguration, right? This is one of those pictures of it. And when yes, after after Moses and Elijah are there with Jesus, and and, and the cloud comes in, and Jesus steps out of the cloud, when God says. This is my son. Listen to him, right? It's a picture of that. Just like Pharaoh says, hey, you check it with Joseph, Mm -hmm. right? And this is God. God does the same thing. He says, this is my son. Listen to him. The endorsement that God gave uh, Jesus after he was baptized. So, and the Pharisees were right there. You know, they were right there, man. And they saw him get baptized. They saw the dove, right? God coming in, and it says God coming in bodily form and landing on him as a dove with God saying, yeah, this is my boy right here. This is my boy with whom I'm well pleased. You got the trilogy, right? You got the trilogy. You got the Trinity right there, that divine triad right there. When people are trying to say, the Bible doesn't say anything about the Trinity. Yes, it does. You had the picture of the Trinity right there. So with just to wrap, uh, to, uh, to address what you're saying, Yes, that's that's Pharaoh saying he has my full endorsement. Mm-hmm. You listen to this guy. God mm-hmm. said the same thing. Yeah, and and um and I was reading um my listeners they they go with me. I use Dennis Prager's book um uh, uh the Rational Bible to help me kind of piece things together. And mm-hmm. he definitely talked about how Egypt was the um was like the empire, the kingdom of bread, and they mm-hmm. were probably the first empire of leavened bread, which I kind of like jumping forward in, in Exodus where God is telling them, you know, the feast of unleavened bread, do the opposite. So mm-hmm. I, it's just funny how it's like, I'm starting to make these connections. And another connection that I made was the names of, of, uh, of Joseph's sons, um, mm-hmm. Ephraim and um, Manasseh. And, and I said on the show uh, previously, I, I did, my gut is telling me that maybe Manasseh is a play on words for Messiah later on. Mm. Am I overstepping? Uh, no, no, because check this out. Um, and it, it uh, just a, a kind of ironic story because I was doing an episode and I totally forgot what uh, Manasseh's name meant. Right? Oh, I Manessa. totally forgot what his name meant. And um, but now, you know, that in the sacrifices, they have the memorial offering. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And what does Yeshua say? He's always referring to he, 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 his iconic statement of do this in remembrance of me. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, the thing is, Jesus wasn't talking about, hey, do this in remembrance of me going forward. He's making sure that they remember, remember who I've always been, even before now. Remember that I was the I was the one giving these ordinances at the tabernacle. That was me. Right. So but it's important that we that we remember those things. And to your point about uh, Manessa, his name actually means to forget. (laughs) (laughs) But but the interesting thing, uh, let me see if I can if I can pull it up here, uh, because I know I wrote down the exact translation. But I believe it, and I may butcher it. Uh, I believe it meant it means to forget your pain or to forget um, the pain of your father's house or something like that. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, no, where is it? Well, we'll just have to skip forward. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll just have to skip forward on that one because it is not coming it's, up. No, it's uh, like. It depends on, of course, it's going to depend on what context it's used in. Mm-hmm. They, the core meaning of it is basically to forget. And, um, and now included in it, it can, it can include things like pain. Like sometimes it doesn't give you like sentenced examples. It just gives you the elements and the core meanings of the word. And like I said, in depending on what context is, you, you, like you'll see that word uh, in cross references of scripture. And I'm, I'm, uh, forgive me that I can't, I can't give any examples, but I'm just trying to uh, explain to, uh, to, to the audience that, uh, that word in itself, the basis of it is, is just simply, uh, to forget, like say for instance, Moses, right? Moses is named because he was drawn from the water, Mm. but his, the core meaning of his name is simply to draw, right? Just to, to, to draw something close to you or to draw from not necessarily to draw from the water, but because we are introduced to Moses being drawn from the water, the meaning of his name pretty much means to be drawn from the water. But his core meaning of his word just means his name just means to draw. Well, even even in that, and I know we're we're like <laughs> we're in Exodus now. <laughs> but even <laughs> but even in that, like because I'm still in Genesis, just hearing that mm. to draw from the water or to draw from mm. that takes me mm. back to um, to the story of Noah when God flooded the earth and then mm. uh, and then mankind had to start again from mm. the water. So yeah. in that, like it, it tells me again, like maybe this new society, this new Israel, this new uh, kingdom, this new promised land is to draw from this this bad situation indeed man yeah that's uh that's that's a good way to look at it yes it's like draw from it and unfortunately and here's the thing man here's the thing there's no excuse for us to not draw from it it's it's a pretty uh this account of noah that that happened in um in human history is one of those things where we have no excuse to not learn from it. Um, and we're living in the days. And what does the Lord say? He says, man, when the, on the day of the Lord, when the day of the Lord comes, man, it's going to be like the days of Noah before it happens. Right. So the, 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 all that wicked, nasty stuff, man, that they was doing before God flooded the earth before uh, in, in Noah's day, that stuff is coming back around. And, um, you know, we can see it. We can see that with the example of the rainbow, that iconic symbol, right? So, you know, all this stuff that was leading up to that, you know, and then God puts a rainbow in the clouds. This isn't mythology or anything like that, because it doesn't say that God created the rainbow or anything like that. He says, when I see it, uh, of course, he did create the dynamics that make the rainbow. But he's just saying, look, you know, when I see that rainbow, it's going to remind me to not kill y'all, right? Especially <laughs> by a flood, because he said, he says, when you see clouds gathering, it's good. I'm going to see that rainbow and I'm going to remember, okay, okay, don't drown everybody. Uh, and I'll remember my covenant with you. And that rainbow, we're seeing that rainbow again a lot today, right? Mm-hmm. Those who basically have decided that they are against God, they are going to do what is detestable to God. They gather under that rainbow flag, right? Basically flagging in God's judgment and mockery of him. It's like, yeah, remember that rainbow that you put up back in those days? Well, we're going to use that to mock you today, right? And we see the wickedness that's just growing and growing and growing. So, you know, it's unfortunate that people don't recognize that. You know, we're talking about, hey, man, we're supposed to draw. We're supposed to draw and learn from this. There's no excuse to not draw and learn from it. 
But instead, people are doubling down on it and increasing their rebellion against God. Yeah, and and, and I'm I'm glad you brought that up because now I I have a question. Uh, the student has mm-hmm. a question for the teacher. So, oh. <laughs> um, so in in thinking about Joseph, um, and his mm-hmm. name is changed. The only time we see people whose name is changed is by God. So now, but mm-hmm. it's interesting because Jacob Jacob flip flops on his name change. Throughout the Bible, hmm. one minute he's he's he, uh, he's Israel. Uh, I don't know why I'm stuttering. The next minute he's <laughs> Jacob, and it, but in in Joseph, we only see him refer to his name given by Pharaoh once. The hmm. rest of the time, he he keeps his name. But also, Joseph lives among the Pharaohs. I mean, among the Egyptians. It's hmm. uh, he marries. Well, even though it was an arranged marriage, he marries an Egyptian hmm. woman. So in in living in, in the whole time I'm reading uh Genesis we always see the Hebrews living amongst people who are not Hebrew where we see the Hebrews living amongst people who acknowledge who their god is but don't accept it themselves even their own children um we're we're not even entirely sure that all of Jacob's sons accepted uh God as or Adonai as their God. Um, we certainly know that that Abraham, Isaac, uh, not Isaac, um, uh, Ishmael didn't accept Adonai as his God. And so on and um Esau. Esau didn't accept Adonai as his God. While he did live under the tenants, though. So in in living in today's time where we are, especially those people like myself who are coming back into the fold. Are we are we to be separated or are we supposed to live among them but hold true to our own um our own obligations? You have said it, man. You and, and we're supposed to be um and supposed to be catalytic mm-hmm. as well. You know, it's uh we gotta make sure that if we're gonna live among these people that they don't change us, you know, that uh, we're the ones changing them. You know, a lot of people like to uh those who are even those who are Christian, you know, the progressive Christians or the liberal <sighs> Christians. <laughs> you know, uh, man, did you, matter of fact, uh, speaking of which, man, did you see that one? I wanted to do a commentary on this anyway, man, but I guess this kind of, this, this kind of jives into that. You see, what's that one cat man trying to say that Jesus was a racist and then comes in? Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's it, it like blew up on TikTok and he basically, man, he just totally molested scripture, man, or assumed to, and talking about, uh, he basically drew on the scripture of Jesus saying, uh, what is it? Uh, even the dogs, when he called, when that woman came and says, can you help my daughter? Uh, and Jesus oh, like, look, yeah, I, I came for Israel and uh, it's not right for me to give the crumbs on the table to the dogs. Right. So based on that, he calls Jesus a racist. And then he says, but the woman spoke truth to power. <laughs> and he's like, she told Jesus that that even the dogs deserve what comes. Up. It's like Jesus never he didn't say anything like that and just totally twisted up scripture. So now what's he doing? He's basically taking that and he's trying to conform Jesus to this godless narrative. And um, all that to say, what, what's happening is that people will take scripture and they're, and they're basically making conform to them. When we're the ones supposed to be able to hold the line and make it catalytic, when the Jews were under Egyptian uh, rule, they ended up embracing a lot of Egyptian uh, culture. Matter of fact, they became so they were they were interbreeding, right? That uh, um, and, and Egyptians and Jews they look alike, right? They even got to a point where they looked alike. They they might have always done it. Maybe that's why they interbreeded. They, they even though there was a lot of prejudices and stuff like that, they were still the, the slave drivers. You know, would force themselves on the women. Um, the the um, the Egyptian women. Uh, would seduce the Hebrew men because the Hebrew men, they were strong. Jo- like Joseph, Joseph was strong, right? It says that he was strong and good looking and stuff. So there was a lot of tying into the vine. The only reason why Moses was recognized because when he was floating down the river, uh, you know, the, the girl says, oh, this must be one of the Hebrew children. She wouldn't have been able to tell him from an Egyptian child at all. The reason why she could tell is because he was naked and she could see that he was circumcised, mm-hmm. right? So, so from there, and Moses learned the Egyptian culture and whatnot. But see, God used that. And that's why he, 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 he knew how to take the things that they were steeped in and make and, and do something with it that would make such a distinction between them. 
Like when we talk about the leavened bread, well, God's going to be like, I want you to make your bread unleavened, right? You can still, for these ceremonies, it's got to be un, unleavened. You can eat un, you can eat leavened bread, but for these ceremonies, it's going to be unleavened. Things like that. Um, so, and, and like with the gods that they had, right? Like say, for instance, uh, the, the Egyptians worshiped the bull god Apis because the bull god Apis means uh, a bull that was sacrificed and resurrected. So God is going to include that. It's okay. Well, we're, I'm going to show you what the real resurrection is. Mm. You know, so these gods that they would have and God would use that to point to Christ himself and God, because God's like, I'm going to do you one better. This bull was used, it was sacrificed and brought himself back. But I'm going to use that to point to the one who's not only going to be sacrificed, can bring himself back. He's going to bring anybody who believes in him back. And, and I, Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> I'm so glad you brought that up because one thing that I I have said myself in my mm -hmm. in my uh, rebellious youth. Well, is it, <laughs> it, yeah, rebellious youth. No, 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 no. Because I know <laughs> I know how you feel about that word rebel. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, no, yes, rebel. Uh, rebel is the right yeah, word. Yeah. It's radical. Yeah, Rad yeah, radical right. is the word. Um, in my rebellious youth, I I definitely said, uh, especially after watching this god awful movie. Um, the Zig Heist. Oh yeah, Christianity mm. just it just adopted things from uh, from from the Egyptians, from the Greeks, from this, from that. But as I'm reading it, such is not the case. Mm. It, it seems like um, it seems like okay, God acknowledges that these are these people. Mm -hmm. I know you you don't worship me. You mm -hmm. worship something like me, but it's not me. That's like right. You and, and the thing that you're worshiping that's like me has no power, but I'll let you do yes. that. However, mm -hmm. <laughs> you over here, you worship me and I have all the power and I'll show you that I have all the power. And yes. in doing the one thing that I always liked was God always stepped in through, especially throughout Genesis. He always stepped in when people who were not Hebrew, who were not his people were beginning to overstep. Uh, every time uh, Pharaoh, the Pharaoh at the time was going to try and take Sarah or um, when uh, the, the the other kings of, of Canaan and stuff like that, when they were beginning to overstep and then God had to step in as a nightmare and like scare the piss out of them. And it was like, no, you're not going to you're not going to mess with it. these. These are mine. And yeah. the one thing that I, that I always that I said last episode and I'll repeat myself. Especially for us blacks, because as you could tell, I am of the mulatto hue. Um, <laughs> um, the one thing that that is becoming popular now is this Wakanda forever. Um, praise our, our ancestors and, and all this other stuff. And the one thing that I've noticed is the African gods never saved us from anything. However, I know what God did to the point where we fought a war over it. Indeed. So in that, it's like, I can't, I can't logically, rationally, and intellectually say, like, this is taken from all these other places. Now, what I will say is it takes things and it flips it on its head as almost mm -hmm. a mockery. Yes. As to show you, your guy, like, you have no power here, in a way. Mm -hmm. Am I overstepping? Indeed, man. Uh, you you uh you you have said it. Yeah, that uh, you said it right, man. Uh, and you know it's it's funny because people will try to say these things like you know as if God plagiarized. And and when you if a person actually reads the Bible, you see that God, he doesn't hide nothing. He lets us know that before Moses, there was other civilizations here, and they had other religions and all that sort of stuff. And God gives you the table of nations and stuff like that. So logically. Yes, there was going to be other religions and, and uh, rituals and, and cultures and all that sort of stuff. God doesn't hide that from anybody. And God doesn't have to borrow anything from anybody. But just like you said, you know, God is going to say, okay, this is what you're doing. And I know, I know the inclinations of the human heart. People want to fit in and all that mm. sort of stuff. God covers all the angles, man. He, he leaves no excuse. From, from, um, 
he he covers everything that appeals to our senses. People be looking for spirituality and aromatherapy. God's like, okay, I got a blend of incense for you. I know that you guys get all hung up on smells and stuff like that and want to, you know, treat your chakras and your auras and stuff like that with incense. And the smoke. I got a bl- <laughs> right? I, I took that from you. <laughs> I got, I got a blend for you, and uh, don't get carried away. Don't be, don't be burning that in there, man. You did no, <laughs> mm-hmm. don't burn that in there. You can't be getting high with that. But um, it's like I want you to have these incense. Uh, I know that you guys are gonna uh, go towards like crystals. You want to have runes and all that sort of stuff. I got a set of crystals for you, right? I know that you guys get caught. You find spirituality in things that you eat. I got a menu for you. I, it's like so. All these things are covered because God knows that people seek spirituality in these things and god's like that's fine just make sure you're looking for the right spirit because being spiritual don't exactly make you good because you know demons are spiritual too you know what i'm saying so god makes sure that all these bases are covered and just like you said man we're supposed to draw these things from it and in this age where we have so much access to information where you can cross-reference all this stuff and even now but unfortunately, even now trying to cross from these things, so, so much stuff is getting scrubbed, man. You know, it's getting harder to find information in this information age. And um, but at the same time, you know, we're in an age where there should shouldn't have been any excuse to not see these things. Yeah. And the one thing that I I try to adopt is the humble, I want to say like humble ignorance in a way. Um, mm. And what I mean by humble ignorance, it's. In the case of of Joseph, he he never declares that he knows anything. It's mm-hmm. kind of like almost a Socratic method in a way. It's like okay. I will surrender. Uh, I will surrender this onto the onto Adonai, onto God. God is the mm-hmm. one that actually tells me what your dream yes. is. God is the one that tells mm-hmm. me what the future is. It's not me doing it. Right. Uh, but the one thing that I did like was that when Joseph was talking to the Pharaoh about his dream, he gave him a solution. Mm-hmm. And I yes. and sometimes, <clears throat> and this is one thing that I'm I'm noticing is that sometimes God will speak to you, but then leave the rest to your own. He leaves the rest for you to figure out, and kind of mm-hmm. like nudges you in the right direction. It's like, all right, you're putting this maze. And I'm going to put the cheese at the end. And I'm going to show you the cheese and let you know that it's cheese. And I'm going to let you smell the cheese. But now you got to go find the cheese. So all you got to do is find the way. And I'm confining you into this space. But ultimately, you're going to find the cheese. Now, if you give up, you're stuck. You're lost. You're not going to find the cheese. You're you're stuck in this maze until either I pull you out or you starve because you didn't get the cheese. Indeed, man. And uh, and I hope folks, you know, understand that um, we're not always going to get what we want, you know, even in your prayers. Uh, obviously, you know, Jesus didn't get exactly what he wanted either. He was like, hey, hey, pops, if, this, if there's any way that this cup can pass for me, I would be really cool with that. Is there any other way that we can do this? And God's like, uh, no. So it's not like Yeshua's prayers were answered, but Yeshua was still the, the committed servant was like, your will be done, not mine. So we can see that even with, um, you know, Yeshua, you know, you, you may not get your prayers answered the way that you wanted, but the Lord says endure in faith until the end. Mm. Right. So the bottom line, it, and the word does say uh, anything that you ask in my name, it will be given to you. Um, now, that seems like a contradiction. It's like, well, Jesus, if you're saying that anything that we ask will be, then how come, you know, how come my loved one isn't recovering, is still in the hospital? Or how come I'm suffering with this? How, how come I'm suffering with my finances? I thought you said that anything that we ask, it will be given to you if we ask in your name. Um, what folks need to understand about that is this is, you're supposed to be asking your heart's desire. If you are a believer in Yeshua, Yeshua didn't mislead anybody. And if you're asking your heart's desire, the thing that you should desire the most is Yeshua himself. That's period. Anything else that you might want is like a a distant second to having Yeshua himself. So, you know, when Yeshua say, yeah, ask anything in my name. If you don't, even if you don't get what you want, your your face should never be shaken. It just really quick, man. It's like, it's almost like I'm seeing with people now who are disillusioned about Jesus because Donald Trump didn't win. They're like, 
Jesus abandoned us. We prayed and all that. So we did this, we did that. And, 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 uh, and God abandoned us and let this usurper in there. Um, well, that if your faith hinged on whether Donald Trump was going to be president or not, you were never really a Christian. Never. Yeah. Right. And we got the president that we deserved. Mm. So God, God has shown in his word. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that to you. You know, so that and, and when you get down to it, that is what you really wanted. You wanted a deception because you're deceiving yourself if you even really believe me. If you think that you really believed in me, you deceived yourself, and I have given you over to to a deception. But the one thing that I'm I'm noticing, and mm. I, I'm still in Genesis, the punishment mm. is always part of the purpose. Mm. Even in the flood, even in uh, when Adam and Eve sinned, even when Cain sinned, when everybody sinned and messed up, the the punishment is part of the purpose. Some way, shape, or form, whether you see it now or you see it later, the punishment fits what the intention is. Case in point, when the uh, uh, since we're jumping into in the in the Exodus because we're just nine chapters away, people. Um, <laughs> um, in Exodus, when the Jews are are led out, led from Egypt, a majority, all the adults never made it. And mm-hmm. I, am, am I getting that right? I don't think any yeah, of the it's adults. Like a- Go ahead. Yeah, the the generations that uh, that were before, you know, because they were they were steeped in being heathens, and uh, so they grumbled and they complained and stuff like that. Um, you know, uh, and forgive me if I if I could uh, if I'm jumping into Exodus too quick, you know, uh, because we don't want to put in them spoilers, right? Spoiler alert. But um, right, and it, we see a lot of that. That's the thing, man. We see a lot of that today. Because we have a lot of people out there and they're grumbling, they're grumbling, and that's what the Israelites were doing. The Israelites that I know of, man, they never asked for freedom. Uh, and, and God knew that. That's why he allowed that oppression to get so bad. Because at first it was like uh, Pharaoh was just doing them dirty, man. And it's like, um, and he was just ramp up the oppression. And God was just like, okay, okay, I heard you guys crying out. So uh, let's go ahead and do something about this. And then it came to a point where God's like, I'm even going to harden Pharaoh's heart and he's going to ramp up the oppression on you even more. Why? Because you guys never even called out for freedom. That's not what you wanted. You want to be comfortable in your slavery. You just want, you just want the oppression to stop. You just want to stop being uncomfortable. Now, this points to, um, you know, how it is today. You see the same thing. People, they want things given to them. They want free education and stuff like that. They, they don't mind being serfs to the state. As yeah. long as the state is cool to them. Right? Fight we for see 15. the same thing today. So now, after this, and God is keeping record, y'all never asked for freedom. You never did. Now watch this. I'm going to let you guys out of Egypt. And when we went out of Egypt, what happened? We want to go back to Egypt and have free fish. Right? <laughs> so it's the same attitude that we have today. So, you know, and, and but with God, it's just like you said, man. There's always a purpose to the punishment and God's punishment in this one, part of it was illustrated. Say, look, man, yo, yo, heathen gods, all that sort of stuff. They don't mean doo-doo, right? I I got power over all of them, all these things that you worship. But in this punishment that I'm going to bring upon Egypt, I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to show y'all no matter what it is that I do. And there's no excuse for you guys to not see it, but you're going to do it anyway. I'm going to lead you guys out of here and you guys are going to still going to beg to go back. Mm-hmm. So. My punishment has served its purpose, its illustrative purpose. And so, and, and I just had a, a new revelation as you were speaking, especially jumping into Exodus, because spoiler alerts. Um, but one <laughs> thing that I'm seeing right now is the duality between Joseph and the Pharaoh. And they never named the Pharaoh. I don't think they ever, I think the only Pharaoh they named was Ramses, right? Correct, I believe. As far as I know. Um, they, ne- they never named this pharaoh, but this pharaoh, by all, by every account besides, you know, uh, 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 slaying the 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 chief of the bread of the bread bearers, um, he he seems to be a very conscious and good king. He, in his dreams, he was more concerned about the impacts of his nation, his empire, than it was about him. Mm-hmm. versus the chief of the cupbearer, the chief of the baker, their dreams were about them, but Pharaoh's dreams was about the nation. And Joseph stepped in to, I guess, help the nation even during tumultuous times, which attracted the Hebrews there. Mm-hmm. And I see, and I could be speculating a little too hard, but I see this duality as America. 
you know, we have all these freedoms. We have all these benefits. We have the bread of the world. Everybody comes here to to benefit some way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. whether it's to come and be part of us and 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 partake in our bread or it's if it's to come and purchase bread and take it back or whatever. But then as time went on, Pharaoh died, Joseph died, and now you have all these bad leaders stepping in. And these people who and these people who came in for the the bread, the good stuff are now enslaved, so to speak. They're now um they become assimilated to the 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 lackluster living and to the point where now that they're being taken out they complain because they're so addicted to the free stuff Mm. versus when when i'm reading 41 42 and 43 right now it never talked about giving grain for free Mm. if anything um spoiler alert for 43, or was it 40? I can't keep track anymore. But uh, when <laughs> Joseph's brothers come and he gives them bags of, of grain, he puts their money back in their bags. Mm. So that tells me that when people were coming in, they were buying it. And this, mm-hmm. and even during hard economic times, because there was a famine, a global famine, they were, Egypt was able to prosper. And through that capitalism, they were able to produce more wheat, more grain than anyone else in the world. And then now, due to bad leadership, bad policies, now we got indentured servants, we got slaves, you, you know, you, you're living on, on government cheese and all types of other stuff. And now, <laughs> when you have a pathway to freedom, you don't want it. Indeed, so- man. And, you know, and with that, with that enterprise, even though it seems like it was state-run, and folks need to remember that was an emergency situation. But after time went on, it's just like you said, they, they got comfortable, comfortable. And matter of fact, not only did they get comfortable with it, man, they, they, they prospered. They became very powerful. The word tells us that the, 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 the Jews, even in their slavery, became very powerful. And, and the funny thing is, man, is that Pharaoh, the new Pharaoh who took over, won the Bible says that he didn't even know who Joseph was, right? And that is a fault of the Jews because evidently the Jews didn't make sure that he was remembered, right? They should have been making sure that Joseph was, was this person who did what he did, you know, to, to, to help save the world, right, from, from starvation. And the Pharaoh didn't remember who he was, mainly because the Jews didn't remember who he was. And, but they became powerful and they prospered. And then Pharaoh started to double down on his oppression for him. Why? Not because he wanted to destroy them, but because he was afraid they were going to leave. That was, the Bible tells you, that's what he was afraid of. He wasn't worried about them taking over. He wasn't even worried about that. He says, I don't want them to leave. So we see that today, man. Like, say, for instance, with the Democrat Party, the thing that they're afraid of most, especially with the Black community, is that they're afraid of Blacks leaving. Because Blacks especially especially the Democrats have a special fascination with black folks because they use us to influence everybody else to guilt trip them into pushing through the policies that they want. They do not want us off the plantation, if you will. Pharaoh's mindset was the same way. And they had forgotten uh, what Joseph had done. So, you know, you could see it now with, um, or you could see what was going on back then with Pharaoh back then that's going on right now. Yeah, and, and, and I, I'm so glad you made that connection. See, you know, we're, we're here. We're telekinesic. We're like ESPN. <laughs> uh, All right. Uh, uh, but um, one thing that I, and I just made this post the other day, and it's mm. it's getting some traction, but it's also getting a lot of vitriol, too. Um, mm. I said the racism is to the Democrat Party what the cash crop was to the plantation owner. And without mm. either, without the black man, either could not prosper. Mm. Because. Yeah, the, man. Because that is the way that the money, the racism, and I, and I define racism and cash crop as currency. That's the way the currency mm-hmm. keeps flowing because you're, as blacks, we are the most integral part. If we don't feed into racism, mm-hmm. racism doesn't exist anymore to the degree where it's weaponized. It's, it can be utilized as a, as a political weapon. The same mm-hmm. way when, when slaves, if slaves stop, um, at, 
as if slaves stop uh, tilling the land and taking care of the crops, and I believe Booker T. Washington talked about it in his book, how mm-hmm. I, I can't remember if it was Booker T. Washington or Frederick Douglass, but when they talked about in one of their books, when the slaves left, a lot of the plantation owners suffered because mm-hmm. they didn't know how yep. to do anything. Uh-huh. And Indeed, man. Yeah, and these narratives I, I'm seeing, like, they just keep repeating themselves over and over. In Genesis, the first book of the Bible, everything that I'm seeing today <laughs> is repeating itself over and over and over again. Absolutely, man. And, and you know, especially when you, when you start to see, you know, the Lord in it is when you can really see that you can see the, the the moral lesson of the historical lesson of it. You can see how these things just keep cycling over and over again, just like you said. And uh, man, you know, at this point, I, I can't say it enough. There's just no reason to, to not see it anymore. Well, well, thank you, Zoe. Uh, do you have any final words as we wrap up? Uh, no, except for, uh, for thank you, man. Thank you for having me on. And thank you for, uh, for, you know, helping to get the word out there, man, with these studies, man, like you're going, you're going through the Bible and, uh, going through it with your audience, you know, and, and you guys are witnessing, uh, you know, you guys, you guys is, um, you know, growth in it, you know, letting the Lord build in you. That's what he says. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna build in you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, man, I, I, I really appreciate that, man. I appreciate what you're doing, you know, with your audience. Hey, man, I, I really appreciate you, and I thank you so much, and I'm very honored and humbled by your presence on the Edmo Show, gracing us, um, and I I really hope that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll continue this 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 uh, Mr. Miyagi, Daniel-son-style uh, relationship <laughs> and friendship, because uh, I, I, I've learned a lot in this discussion, even in, a, in our own private discussion before the show, um, and you have been a definite help t- uh, to me not only spiritually in the in the sense of uh in kind of nudging me unknowingly back to the bible and finding the word and understanding and learning about who yeshua and god is but also politically and really helping the two connect for me and understand like things in in a multifaceted way because i really came mm-hmm. into back to the bible outside of you because of politics and philosophy and everything that I needed was in this book. And I would like to thank you for being my unofficial now official teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Right on, man. That's, uh, that's, that's tall right there, man. And I appreciate it, man. Thank you. So, um, for, for all my listeners, how can they find you? Thanks, man. I'm at, uh, bronze and, uh, you know, they can find my work on there, the Zopium Den, the Zoloff, my music project, 20 Pound Slaves. So I hope folks will come in and uh, check it out. All right. Hey, hey, you guys heard it first from my my friend, my co-pilot on this on this uh, on this uh, space ride to yeah. the most high. Uh, Alfonso <laughs> Rachel, a.k.a. Zoe of the Zopium Den and Bronze Serpent Media. Uh, and if you guys want to please help out the Edmo show, guess what? We got PayPal now. So if you guys if you guys find uh, find it in your heart to donate, however much, as long as it's not that crusty bottom dollar, because you need it more than I do. If it is, if you are down to your last uh, bottom dollar, just give us five uh, five stars and a and a good uh, comment on on iTunes or wherever you get your your uh, your podcast, and find us on Facebook and Instagram. And we will see you guys next time. Peace out. <laughs>